Awesome. Hello. Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome back to Making Me Then Moves. As you know by now, my name is Ivana Rosales, your host here at Making Me Then Moves. And as you know, if you've heard um, a few of the, of the episodes that we've had running and that we've aired so far, season three is very personal to me as we will be talking to women of color with either chronic conditions, um, disorders, and or physical disabilities. And the reason why this is such a personal story to me is because um, I myself was diagnosed with a condition in March. So I want to say about five months now. Um, And so just navigating that journey and going through my experiences in life with that. Um, And then I will have an episode myself later on during the show and during the airing. But for today, I am really, really, really excited to introduce you to a new connection that I made through networking and community. Um, Her name is Elsa, and we will get into her expertise and her journey in life. But before we dive into the deep, I just wanna make a real quick disclaimer that neither my guest Elsa nor myself are medical professionals. We are just two human beings having a conversation on how we personally manage, um, again, whether it's our disorders, chronic conditions and or disabilities. So please seek help and or professional medical help if you do not feel well or if you feel you might have a medical condition. As mentioned today, we will be talking to Elsa Miranda um, and we will be touching upon the topic of infertility. Elsa is a passionate and solutions driven consultant with over 10 years of experience in the insurance and financial industry. Throughout her professional journey, she has successfully engaged in account administration, compliance, learning and development, business support, and innovation. Most recently, she used her project management and change management skills to steer a cross-function team to support the adoption of of Telephony system. She utilized her design thinking skills to help her program team pilot and launch a customer service option for small business owners. And currently, she is using her design and process improvement skills to help improve a new distribution channel. So basically, to sum it up, Elsa's a badass. Uh, But outside of her nine to five, she is heavily involved in the Latine Employee Resource Group, where she is the Director of Culture, Membership, and Engagement. She also leads a group of primarily targeted first-generation Latinas. Personally, she is a first-generation immigrant from El Salvador. So what up, Selby sister? I'm Havzies, and I'm so excited just on that note alone and having that connection. Um, As well as her being the firstborn, she is a natural born leader, lover of all fur babies, tree hugger, aka nature lover, and travel enthusiast. So, hola Elsa, welcome welcome to Making Leader Moves. We are so excited to have you here and so excited for you to share your personal story. Um, If there's anything that I have missed, please feel free to let our listeners and our viewers know. I think you made me sound like amazing or I did an amazing job reworking my LinkedIn profile. (laughs) I'm like, I would hire me. (laughs) You wrote it. I just added the tone. That's it. Um, There you go. I need to do a voiceover and I I need to put upload that audio into my LinkedIn and be like, hey, this is me on audio version. (laughs) Just in case, click play and you can hear it all. You can hear all of my awesomeness and all of my um, leader moves that I have made. So again, Elsa, thank you so much for being on the episode. Thank you so much for being open and vulnerable, talking about your experience and your journey. Um, And if you just want to make us aware of how you came um, to be with, it's called diminished ovarian reserve, also known as low egg count. How did that story or how did that journey come to be? It actually just happened by chance. So about, let's say about a year and a half, a year or two years ago, I was on birth control and I just, my body didn't feel right. I felt like I was having hot flashes. I'm like, 
I'm in my 20s still. Like, I should not be having that at such a young age. So, of course, I went to my OB. And the OB is like, well, we really can't test things out because um, you're on birth control. And that, you know, of course, has hormones. And it might give us some false readings. But, hey, we could do this, like, um, this low egg count test to see if there's something, like, wrong, right? So it was to test to see where my, my hormones were. And it ended up happening that... I found out that I have a low egg count, right? And oh and the, I didn't even know this existed. So basically, as women, we are born with a specific amount of eggs. So we can't make any more. We can mm-hmm. only make the quality better. So, you know, for me, that was like, wait, what is this? Like, I went on Google, try to, like, <laughs> learn as much as I could. Yeah. But you know, it's still overwhelming. And I kind of just let it be. I was like, it might not be, you know, it might not be it. I might just need to take my birth control off and I might, mm-hmm. might be good. Well, look at looking at it now, about two months ago, I went back to my OB and I was like, I still don't feel right. Something's going on. And she was like, okay, let's retest you. Let's let's do a full panel. Let's see where you are. And of course, that that number. So it's it's driven by a percentage. So currently, my rating right now, I'm I'm like less than a percentage. So it's not good. It's not looking good for me. Um, and do you know what the percentage when they do the percentage? Is it out of a hundred percent? Is it out of fifty percent? I think it's like out of like six. I believe. Oh my goodness. Okay. I could I could totally be wrong. This is yeah. why. Talk to your doctor. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like mine's like a point nine, and when I went. A year and a half ago, I think I was like on a uh, 1.5 or something like that. Oh, so, so it down drastically. In a yeah, year. yeah. And what happens is like, so right now I'm, I'm in early 30s, but like women who are 35 years or younger, sh- like if, if they weren't, which we're going to talk through later on, um, mm-hmm. like egg extraction. Mm-hmm. So they would basically um, could have like 20 to 25 eggs extracted from one, one cycle. My current stating for me right now, um, I could have five to seven. So, okay. Okay. So even though I'm in that age bracket, the eggs that I have is less than the, the masses basically. Got it. So the, so everything that you just told me is very factual, right? Um, it's very data-driven. You've got the facts. These are the analysis that came out from doing these tests that you did with your gynecologist or your OBGYN. How was it coming out of that visit? Like, how did you feel? How did you react? Um, and how did that impact you? You know, was it almost like, okay, I don't even have time for this right now. Like I'm going to move on or did it all kind of come crashing the emotions at one time? Like, please tell us about that, that experience because I, I mean, I've, I've never had that kind of test. And then all of a sudden you're being told, yeah, this is going to be a low egg count kind of journey for you. Yeah. So I have to say, doctors do better, right? Um, mm-hmm. Depending who's your OB and who you choose as your specialist does matter. So when I first learned about this, I did go into a specialist and he was he was a man. And, you know, I have to, I love doctors, <laughs> all doctors, right? Female, male. Um, but I, it felt very cold, very like in a mm-hmm. sterile environment. And oh, it was also like right where COVID, you know, when COVID was happening or it was mm-hmm. at its peak. So it was very different. And then my second go around, which is actually yesterday. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so this, this, is, this is fresh. <laughs> this is like <laughs> it's hot, hot, hot off the press or whatever they say about the news. Yeah, so <laughs> I met with a secondary specialist yesterday. And the, you know, the whole experience was completely different. She was very welcoming. She's like, you know, this is a journey for you, but let's, you know, you have options. Mm -hmm. There's things that you can learn and there's things that you can do. So she, she automatically, she's like, you need to go on prenatal medicine. Like, I know Mm -hmm. that you don't, you're not thinking of having kids right now, but like, we want to make sure that your body is as healthy as possible. Mm -hmm. So she gave me like specific things to supplements to start taking, right? Mm -hmm. She is going to go ahead and do a a retest to see where, Mm -hmm. where I am. 
if it, if it's the same thing that my OB found. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be like an ultrasound being done to see how my ovaries and all that stuff is done. So it was a little bit more, more caring, right, mm-hmm. in this specific specialist. And then when it comes to the financial part, I think this is where it's the biggest um, downer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. because a lot of uh, a lot of companies right now like right now I, I work for a big corporation but unfortunately they do not have any fertility um, coverages so a mm-hmm. lot of this will be out of pocket so mm-hmm. even though the experience with the doctor itself was good where I'm a little still trying to figure out what I'm going to do is with the financial aspect because right now it sounds like I'm going to have to do two rounds of egg extractions if I go that route. Okay. So I'm in the state of Texas. Okay. So that would be around 20,000. Yeah. Um, and I, and I really want to touch back upon that, but I, I definitely want to let our viewers know, like, you know, as you did, you, you went, you, you sought a different type of approach, you know, um, like you said, the first one was very tactical. It was very like scientific and data. And then this person, what it sounds like, um, the experience that you had yesterday was very compassionate, very understanding and very empathetic. And I don't think, and, and I get it right. Like doctors, they're, they have certain expertises and they have to get, you know, to certain patients. And I've seen it when my grandmother had cancer, um, some of them were very empathetic and some of them were just very data-driven and the ones that were data-driven, like when we had to see them that day, I dreaded it. I, I, pr- I prayed for them to have some sort of ounce of empathy because even though they deal with it on a daily basis, we don't deal with it on a daily basis and we're being impacted personally. And so like, you know, if there's anyone in the medical field listening to us, like if, if you, if you can just have a little bit more, empathy and a little bit more patience with us because these this is one it's it's news that's not taken lightly and two it might be the first time we ever hear of this news or even know of these conditions right like having low egg count and then three being told yeah well this is going to change the rest of your life and the course of your life so buckle up (laughs) not the best approach so i'm really happy that yesterday you were able to find someone that was empathetic and was very considerate of your feelings as well as emotions now, when you talk about the the financial part of it, I actually went when I was 30 or 31, one of those, I had gone to see like, oh, I'm going to go freeze my eggs. Like, let's go see what this is. And so I just thought it was like, all right, they're going to extract the eggs, throw them in a freezer and like call it a day. And it was like, it, it's insane. I it mean, is. But you're just like, wait, all these procedures and I don't even, and I've always been one of those people that I knew that if I were to be a mother, it would be a component of who I was. It wouldn't be the end all be all. Um, and I know myself about that. I know that I would never be a mother that would be like, oh, my life is fulfilled now or oh, my life is complete. Like, no, my children's just a part of my life, um, but they don't, they're not going to like, fulfill my every whim and every need. And so when I, and it was funny because this was, let me see, this was five years ago. um, And this was just for the egg extraction as well as um, them storing my eggs in a freezer. Cause basically you're paying for, it's like a storage unit, right? It's like you paying for rental. You got to pay that every month. And I remember for me, they had even said like, oh, well, we would try in vitro first. So you got to do these hormones and you have to take them at a certain time and you got to, you know, inject yourself at a certain place. And and then the same thing, it was 20K. And I just remember thinking like, I don't even, being on the mom is not even on the top 30 list. (laughs) Like... It's not even it's not even part of a dream um, or a journey that I have ever seen for myself. And so for most, you know, either either immigrants or first generation, like 20K is no joke, especially when, you know, you're starting to build your own life, your own career and your own home and paying off your student loans and just trying to live your life. And so 20K is not. It's not chum right? You're not sacrificing una vacacion to El Salvador. You're sacrificing maybe putting away for your retirement, right? Maybe um, defaulting on those student loans a little longer. And so you knowing the financial impact um, of, of what it is, as well as, you know, not 
being, uh, you and I have had this conversation before, um, before we did this recording of you not really being sure if you want, if you even want to be a mother, how are you deciding which path is best for you? You know, are you taking it day by day? Are you thinking of taking the path of freezing your eggs? Um, are like, you know, and then especially you had mentioned that you're in your earlier thirties. Do you feel that your biological clock is kind of ticking and are you stressed about whatever, whatever outcome or whatever decision you decide to take? So hundred percent stressed. Um, <laughs> I went on a three mile walk <laughs> yeah. last night and also Houston is so hot right now. So like anything, oh my goodness. Do, you know, like I, I waited. So yeah. I waited okay. until about like eight 30. <laughs> I was like, stress, you'll be okay. Let me, let me do some deep breathing that I've learned in therapy. Cause yes, I am in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then I, I took myself for a walk and I was like, let me just move my body. Let me love the body that I have. I can't really like blame myself because it is what it is. You know, there was no, no one can tell what you have or what you were born with. So, right. A lot of the genetic stuff that we have, it's just, it's just there. Um, So I am right now taking it day by day Mm -hmm. just because I don't want to overwhelm myself with all the decisions, but, but this decision is impacting a lot of the things that I'm doing. For example, pivoting careers. Like if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking to pivot to something different. Mm. Now I need to look for an organization that potentially could have like um, therapy, like uh, for or infertility, like coverage, right? Mm-hmm. There are really, re- really good corporations out there that are really acknowledged this for women. So like even do, like, you know, you have to have a strategic uh, process to look for a new job. And now I have to add this into it, right? Like now I need to look for these specific companies. Um, and I and think as go- women, like I, I would have never even thought about that. Um, and I didn't think about that when I went to my own consultation um, to see like, hey, what what do companies offer corporations and what don't they offer? And so this yeah. is like great insight to know if women have even had a little inch or like, like a little, you know, itch of becoming a mom, like this might be the route and the path that you want to take and not just be worried about maternity. Money. Well, yeah. no, and don't even be worried about like, oh, you're underpaying me because we know Latinas get do not get paid the most. Even if we ask for more money, they're always going to try to lowball us sometimes, you know, and I understand that we have to, you know, act our worth and, and ask what our worth is. Yeah, but sometimes yeah. you have to look beyond that money benefit package. It's like, no, what exact what else are you giving me? You know, right. like, right. Because, because it might you might be getting the, the money up front but then you might need to pay that money and use it for something health related. Mm-hmm. So it kind of doesn't even make sense. So you're making all this money if the company isn't really helping you with anything else. Um, and like right now, like literally my clock, my biological clock is ticking. You know mm-hmm. how some women talk about it, like, oh yeah, like it's ticking, but it's more of like an emotional or mental thing. Mm-hmm. No, it's like my body <laughs> each, each month, a few eggs are dying. Yeah. Um, but I'm making the conscious decision not to settle. So I am not out in the streets um, trying to find a mate and I'm just like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go get pregnant. No, because I, you know, in my, in my upbringing, I didn't have the best upbringing, you know, being a a immigrant and, you know, for, with my parent, my mom, basically I was raised by a single mom. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to do that to a child. So like, if I were, to go and just settle and basically just do it because it's a need, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a, a service for my child. So at this point, day by day and trying to decide like for me, what is yeah. the most beneficial thing? And also like, am I doing this to please others or am I doing this because I want it? And a lot of the time in our culture, oh, they, as a woman, they're like, so cuando va a tener hijos? I don't know. And, you know, having those tough conversations, like it might not be an option for me because I, by the time I'm ready, I can, I might not. That's also very hard for like our parents to kind of understand. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that's, that's a pressure that is, they're either very vocal about it or there are innuendos about it. And, 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 you know, at the end of the day, what's trying to be said without being said, right? Like, just say it out loud. Let's just let's just have this open dialect. Um, it was funny because when my grandmother had cancer, 
my right so she's battling her own battle she's going to war basically right and uh even even with her battle with cancer i remember her telling me i'm not leaving this earth until you give me my grandchildren and i was like first of all you're a great grandmother and you have like nine of those okay like your grandchildren you have i think 27 like you don't again you have nine, 10 great grandchildren, like what, you know, like you're good. Um, but it was, you know, and, and thank God, thank God that my mom and my dad, um, even though, you know, I'm first generation, my, my parents are very realistic and my parents have been, have always given me the space to be who I want, right. To make that choice, whether they agree with it or not, or whether they understand it or not, um, is a whole different story. But, you know, my parents have never been of like, but I think it's because my, my mom even says it. She's like, I remember when you were little, you used to tell me, like, don't wait to be a grandma. Do I remember me telling her this? No. Do I believe her? Probably, yeah. Um, because I don't think kids just say that to say that. But she said that I had been prepping her up her whole life to not be a grandmother at, at the expense of me. And so I hear, you know, a lot of women. And again, like I had that experience with my grandmother. My grandmother lived with me for 20 years. And so having that type of pressure um, and, th and then you being told medically, right? It has nothing to do with you. It's your body having this challenge. How did as a Latina, right, and like as an immigrant, and and having these pressures from your from from your mother, you know, whether she's saying it out loud or not, how do you feel? Like how how do you tell yourself, like you know what, I'm more than this. I'm valued more of than just being able to produce an an, an heir for for this family. Um, I think being in therapy now for a few years that has helped. I feel like learning who I truly am and kind of let like shedding my, my past has helped me with that. If I wouldn't, if I wouldn't have put in that work years ago, I don't think I will be as sane, even though I'm not that sane. I'm still a little loquita, a little. A little. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, apparently it's like a lifelong process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I think, I think knowing my self-worth now and, putting my own voice right out there with what I'm going through. I think that's, that's shifting instead of me um, blaming myself or anything like that. It's more of a, like, how can I love my body and how can I make the right decisions for me mm -hmm. moving forward? Think because these decisions are things that I'm going to have to live in, you know, up to when I'm old. Yeah. So, I mean, I I've gone through lows, um, but right now, like, you know, I'm okay, I think. <laughs> yeah, and I think and I think that you know, as you were saying about therapy and and really being in tune with who you are and doing the work. And y'all, like when we say work, that doesn't mean that we're out here kumbaya, that doesn't mean that we're palo santoing and saging everything. Like, yeah, that can be our daily ritual, but it takes so much more than that shit. Um and doing the work is ugly and it's hard and Sometimes you try to just avoid it. Like I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not there, but I think you being so in tune with yourself and being like, you know what? Yes. It's 114 out, out, um, degrees out here in Houston, but I will wait until 8 30 PM to go take this three mile walk to clear my head and to let my emotions flow is very in tune with yourself. And like you said, like, you know, would that have been you three years ago? No, like that, that, like who I am now is definitely not who I was three years ago, um, back in 2020. And so you doing the work was able to get you to that point of being like, you know what? I know that I'm going to take it day by day. This sucks. This is going to be hard. Uh, some of my support team, aka my mom, might not be at 100% in agreement with me, but I'm doing what's best for me because this will affect me for the rest of my life um, because children do right. Like they're like, we're, you know, me and my brother are like in our early mid thirties and, and we're still very, very close with our parents. And so it, it's just like a lifelong journey. And so you being in tune with that and doing all the work, like I commend you for that because it's hard, it's hard, but you being able to self-regulate is just, it, it's awesome. And it's, and it's great to see. And, and it's awesome to hear and, and seeing more Latinas, you know, do that with the different guests that I've had is just, uh, it fills my heart and it brings me so much joy. 
because it's like we're out here doing the shit. You know? <laughs> like we, we're we're breaking cycles because uh, or like even generational cycles, not even our own. Like you know whatever our parents, but it's like the grandparents and all that. Like we are here trying to make the best for the future, even if we're not having kids or whatever. Like we're yeah. still building a better legacy. Yeah. So. No, it's absolutely true, you know, and, and you can do that through different types of education, you know, different types of play, different types of like, and, and this is kind of what I'm learning right now in my journey. It's like, you don't have to be productive all the time or like everything that you do just doesn't have to make you money as a business owner. I'm, I was just having this conversation yesterday on a podcast and it's just like, you know, I love taking photos, um, but I don't post them out like there because when I start posting things with my photos, I'm like, oh, how, how can I generate money off this? And it's like, girl, like you used to take photos back in college. Like you just like it. It's like your passion. It's your, it's your passion project. It's a it's hobby. Okay. Yeah. Love it's it. okay yeah. to have hobbies um, and, and talking yourself through that. So, you know, letting your emotions flow and, and, you know, with, with the walk, right. Like letting the frustration come out, letting the tears come out, like letting all of those emotions flow. And I think that's something that, I want to remind our listeners and because I had read I had read it um, from an author and I forgot. I think it's called After the Rain. Um, but anyway, it's that emotions are flowing like the water. And I think and for me, let me speak for me, like I, I get very, very stagnant in my feelings. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to feel shitty forever or oh, my God, I'm going to feel overwhelmed forever. And it's like, let that wave ride its course um and just embrace it right like i feel shitty today that means that i'm not going to be at my 100 percent. i'm going to let my support know and maybe me showing up is the best that i can do that day yeah and i like this feel your feels I yes. feel like, uh, yeah, like, I feel like a lot of more people need to understand what that truly is, like, actually feel the feelings that you're going through at that specific time. And, like, where is this stemming from? Because there's mm. a root of it. And then after the fact, feeling your feelings helps you get to the next emotion faster than you suppressing it. Because if you continue to suppress it, that just leads to just worst things. So the best you can feel is like, if you want to cry, cry it out, right? But after that, let's write it out. What exactly happened? Why am I feeling that that way? Or like you said, you could mention in community, like who can, what friend can you reach out to and say, hey, you know, do you have capacity to listen to me and what I'm going through? And I think that's one of the biggest things, like with friendships, you have to, both of you have to have capacity to listen to what you're going through. You can't just dump the emotions on somebody and expect for them to just be okay with listening. Um, so... And you know what, to, to pick it back off of that, you're absolutely right. One capacity and two, have the intention to actually listen. Because one thing is for me to go over your crib and be like, oh my, and you make me un, un tecito de te, right? But you're out here still, you know, you're like, oh wait, but I, I'm working on my side business. So like, I gotta be on my social media or I'm editing, but don't worry, I'm listening. And it's like, bro, are I, you? See your, I see your QuickBooks. Like, no, you are not listening. <laughs> Or like, I see you editing, like you're not listening. Um, and so you're right, you don't have the capacity. Your intention, your intention was to be a good friend, but now I'm pissed off even more because you're not showing up for me the way that I needed you to show up for me. And yeah. so, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I literally, I had, I had texted a friend earlier today and I was like, Hey girl, I know that you're at this like three day workshop, but if you have a quick 15, I just have a little situation and I want to know if we could talk about it. Um, and then that's another thing too, right? Like when you do get to your support group, whoever that is, whether it's family, friends, or a community that you have built yourself, um, let them know exactly what you need from them. Because sometimes you just want to air your shit out and you don't, you don't want to hear solutions. You don't want to hear the clapbacks. You don't want to hear the rah, rah, rah. Like you just want to let it all out. Right. Like word vomit and be like, yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> Talk to you next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think sometimes we just need that, right? Um, because sometimes we don't want 
we don't want to go through, you know, whatever emotions that we're going through by ourselves. But that doesn't mean that we we want your opinion or again, we want your solutions or we want to hear you out. Like, no, I just want to be on my shit. And I just want you to like sit next to me and optional hold my hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like that, that is it. That is it. That is all yeah. we need. Um, yeah. Also, so with this journey that you know of that you're going through, are there any um, tips or tricks that you might be able to help our listeners with when it comes to managing their emotions, if they are going through a similar situation? And again, listeners, just to reiterate, this isn't professional counseling advice. This is just me asking in a conversational tone, um, and not in a profession, and not in a professional or medical tone. Just asking Elsa what she does as a human being. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is, you know, get a second opinion. You know, so this is that. my my third go around at testing, right? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so seeking the facts, right? Making sure the numbers are in fact what their doctors are giving you, right? Like knowing the facts to take it slow. Um, You know, these are, this is a life altering like news, right? You know, and yeah, it's not like something like cancer that's very terminal, but you are saying goodbye to a potential future of you having kids. Mm -hmm. So you have to go through the grieving process. And that's kind of something that I am. Yeah, that's something that I'm going through now. Mm. You know, like you have to, you have to grieve. That's the, I didn't, I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and and it's okay to, to go back and forth because, because grieving is not linear, you know, like, it it really isn't. And, you know, talk to the right people. Like during these situations, you really, truly get to know who's there for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can take advice from individuals. But I think right now, what I'm even currently, you know, thinking of doing is finding maybe a support group um, local to to in Houston Ooh. of other females that potentially have chosen to not have kids or have something similar and kind of grow that community that way because um, I think that is one of the biggest things is like you're you're not in this alone and me sharing this out you know in this podcast with you like that's another thing like speak it out like let's not be let's not keep this type of things quiet because from the beginning right I, this, this happened by chance. Mm-hmm. Like my OB would have never done these testing unless I was vocal about my body and what I was feeling. So being vocal and speaking it out with whoever you can, even know with my circle, there's a few females that I'm like, Hey, um, have, can you please go and ask your OB to do this test on you? Yeah. Like, and it's like, how can you be an advocate for this specific um, thing? So it's kind of some of the things that I'm doing, but I think, yeah, I think the grieving aspect on the personal side, I think that's something that you really, really have to take in and you can't brush that off because it will come back later. Yeah. Um, and, and what a beautiful insight. Like I totally didn't even think about that part. Um, and, and yeah, gr- and like you said, grieving is not linear, y'all. Like there's still days that I cry about my grandmother and it's, and it's been a while, you know, because these things are impactful for the rest of your life. You had mentioned about finding a support group and it's funny because um, I was talking to Matt. So Marita's, um, we're talking, we have an episode with her about postpartum depression mm-hmm. and she sought out a support group with other females um, in Southern California that were also going through postpartum depression. And she said that she loved it because there was the no judgment. Um, The fact that these women were voicing out what in, um, in the public eye, right? It's viewed as Oh, are you sure? You, are you sure you're a mother? Because you're saying some pretty shitty things right now. But in their in their group, right? Like they're telling their their raw truths, and so she felt very seen, very heard, very validated, um, and then was able to make that connection and realize that she wasn't alone. And again, and that's why now as well, just like just like herself, she's voicing this out and letting people know, like you are not alone in these in these intrusive thoughts. You are not alone. Um, Please don't feel guilty for thinking guilty thoughts. And so I commend you for one, trying to find a support group. But girl, if you don't find a support group, like that's why you just kind of make up your own. And it can be like as um, informal or as formal as you want it to be, right? And so like, 
and I feel and I feel like especially as as women of color, you know, there's a lot of spaces where you know, is there even room for us at that table? Or like, do we belong at, do we belong at that table? And this time it's like, yo, fuck that. We're making our own tables. Like if I feel this way and I don't see it around my, whether it's um, like my, like my local area or even within my state area, like I'm going to make it my own. That's why I started this podcast, you know, because I was like, we need to start normalizing topics that aren't normal in our cultura and slash in our culture, but they need to become normalized. And this is one of them, like yeah. talking about the different conditions that women have, talking about the physical like limitations that they might have, but yet we're supposed to be ashamed of it and we're supposed to show up perfect and we're not supposed to let it get to us. It's like, bro, I'm a multi-dimensional human being. Like, you got to be crazy if you think that this shit is not going to affect me. So right. if you don't find it, Elsa, like, please, I encourage you to make your own support group. And if you ever need someone to speak to virtually about not having children, like, I can shoot you memes all day about being child-free. Um, because, yeah, it's it, like, again, as, as we've said repeatedly throughout this episode, like, it's something that's going to affect us for the rest of our lives, whether, you know, whether you decide to take a certain path or not. And so I'm really happy that you're deciding to find your, your support group and or create a support group. Um, okay, so we've talked about you know, how sometimes, how, how this low egg count, how, you know, you're not taking it personally, how you're making it seem like how you're making it very known. Like, this is my body. This has nothing to do with me and my persona. Um, so that's reframing, right? Like that's reframing work of being like, this isn't my L. Um, it's just, this was the circumstance that I was dealt with. How, and I know that we had mentioned, like, you did the work to be able to get here, but do, was there any, like, moment where you, where you felt yourself going down that path of, like, the shamefulness, the I'm not, like, the not validating enough, and then being like, wait, I need to re-change, re reframe to get back on track to being the best Elsa, or, like, being the Elsa that I am? Yeah, I think last year or the year, like a year and a half when I first got the news. And I was like, could this really be it? Um, hmm. So personally, uh, I'm going to be very vulnerable <laughs> in here. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually had an abortion. Okay. So basically, you know, having that decision and now being faced with the fact that now it's like, okay, now it's like, is that the reason why this is happening, right? So there mm. I went on a, on a downward spiral, like, oh my gosh, like, this is, this is my, um, uh, what's the word? Like, son los pecados que yo, yes. right? Like, these are the sins that I, or this is what I'm paying for, for my sins kind of thing, right? Yes, yes. Very yes, Catholic. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Well, I was raised Catholic too. So yes, <laughs> exactly. And then I came to, you know, the realization that it's like, at that point, I made that specific decision because I could not bring a child into this world. Like I just mm -hmm. could not, you know, physically, emotionally where I was, it just, I just could not, it would, it, you know, I didn't want the child to end up in foster care or whatever, you know, I, so I had to accept my decision rather than in the past and be like, now this is happening because this happened even before I was born. It was when I was being created. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. not because I made this decision and now this is happening. So logically I had to think back and it's like, you know, it is what it is. And I think now I'm in a better, I'm in a better, like, I think now even for you to, to tell me that I'm reframing things, my therapist will be so happy. <laughs> She'll be like, yay, it's working. <laughs> so like, I'm gonna take this as a win. <laughs> Um, we're sending this episode to your therapist. <laughs> yeah, I have graduated to the next level. <laughs> there you go. Um, I can't thank you enough for being that transparent um, and being that honest. And I think that that's what our viewers and our listeners need to hear. I think especially, and, and it sounds like, you know, in that kind of plataforma, we, we were both raised the same, right? Like I was raised Catholic. Um, and then there was certain things that, that you couldn't do and you could do. And then again, with my grandmother, with my mom, it was very open. And, and we talked about abortion. Um, you know, I, I would have preferred maybe in my teens, we talked about it in my 20s. Yeah. But for you to say that, because I know that would be the first thing in my head, like, 
Dios me está castigando por mis pecados, right? God is punishing me for the sins that I have made in the past because that's ingrained in us. Um, we're taught to just, you know, think that way. And so for you to be like, actually, no, when I was being created, this drama was already going to be part of my life. We yeah. weren't going to realize it until down the road. And so I think it's really important for our listeners to hear that because, again, guilt, shame, all of that comes. Um, and then it, it's weighed down even heavier when you don't have anyone to talk about it with. Or if you're not in a safe environment to voice your concerns and voice your opinions. And so you being able to remind us, like, yo, this has nothing to do with your sins. <laughs> like, yeah. this is actual just biological life. Um, thank you so much. And like, thank you for letting us know that um, and, and sharing that with us. And, you know, like at the, at the time you definitely did do, and that, and again, that goes to educating ourselves, right? Like you have the education to realize I am not financially ready. I am not mentally stable. I probably don't even have a secure place. Like I don't want my child to end up in foster care. So you made the most educated decision that was disposable, that was disposal or that was available available thing available at that time at that time you know y por lo menos and thank god you know like at that time um where you were living at you had those choices you know and then again it comes back to like our parents left their countries so we can make the right decisions for us at that time so i commend you for making the right decision for yourself at that time, you literally did the breakdown, you did the analysis and we're like, you know what, this isn't going to benefit neither them nor myself. And then in, even in the extent of it, my family. So this isn't for us. This isn't for me right now. And yeah. so, so thank you for sharing. And I just want to let you know, like, I'm here, I'm here to support in any way. And I'm pretty sure our listeners will, and that you are not alone in that decision. And and you're just awesome for doing what you needed to do at that time for yourself. Thank you. And I think um, this is, again, this is like a taboo subject, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't want to voice that they've done that decision. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, in, in certain, I understand why, you know, and I, I, I see the other view, of course, you know, it's a life at the end of the day, but, you know, <laughs> we have a, we live in a world where there are so many things that are, that are, that are kind of like contradicting with each other, right? But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, it's, again, what works for you? No one can tell you how to live your life. Um, and you you have to be okay with the decisions that like you make. And it's like full circle now. I'm like in a, I'm in a different situation, but now have to make this decision with like, with the information I have. So I think I'm like in, in you know, I can't, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, again, taking the information, <laughs> analyzing the data and being like, what works best for me at this point in my life, X amount of years down the road. Yeah. <clears throat> and like, it still has to do right. And then again, it still has to do with the child, the, the bringing, bringing in a human life into this world. And again, it's never easy, whatever path you take, you know, there's always going to be pros and cons to both. And I, and I think you're absolutely right. Like it's a, it's, it's a taboo subject. And like, I'm hope I'm hoping, and, and maybe you might end up being the person that wants to have that conversation because I think it is important. I, I think it, you know, I think especially right now with, with the media happening and like abortions being banned in, in a lot of different States, um, just seeing that for me is scary, you know, and I know that's why I won't move to certain States um, because that's, it, my it's my body it's my right um and and no and like you said like no one should be telling you what you can and can't do but yet here are states that are banning this thing that should just be a a, a human right um, and, and another i was having a conversation yesterday with one of my friends and you know going back to this this specific topic um you know <laughs> all these rules about like not being able to have an abortion, but then it's like, why aren't you, why isn't the healthcare providing resources for people that might not have the financial ability to do a freezing of eggs or embryos to actually have a child later, right? Like, uh -huh. like why isn't that available? 
Yeah, so it, it's it's kind of contradicting too, but we can probably spend a lot of time in that. I was so. going to say that's like a great conversation starter, and that can be a whole conversation for another episode because that's absolutely true. Like, I'm pretty sure. That, I mean, obviously, right? I'm a human being. Like, I'm going to make mistakes. But the fact that I'm being very, very conscious about the decision as to why not to have children, and some, and some of it is financial. You know, I'm just like, oh my goodness, like can barely survive myself. <laughs> right. But yet we don't get the assistance, right? It's like, let's ban them from not making a choice that might save them in their future, right? But let's not give them aid if they do decide. Um, and so, like you said, it's very, contradic very contradictory and very um, fucked up. So also when when you had, when when you were told about your low egg count, was it hard telling your community once you were diagnosed? Um, were they supportive? Was there some backlash maybe because of the fact that they didn't understand the knowledge behind of what was happening? I think the, I mean, my, 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 my inner circle are primarily like BIPOC, right? So um, they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I have a low account and I have, I had to go and educate them as to what that was. Um, so for me, it was like, it was like a constant repetition of what I'm going through. Right. Uh -huh. So it's like, Hey, let me tell you my condition, but also let me educate you because it's not something that's known to most people. So I think that was the, there was no like negativity, but a lot of them were like, so why can't you produce more? And I'm like, well, cause you can't, cause you're born the way you have. Uh -huh. uh, um, so like, and even with my mom, um, being that, you know, I'm a like a first gen immigrant, mm -hmm. it's very hard to explain to her, like, this is my anatomy. Mm -hmm. So we've had like a conversation, but we haven't gone like deep into it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think I'm ready for that now, just because mm -hmm. I don't necessarily um, want to deal with that conversation. So like during this process, I've had to under like learn who to tell this to. Mm. And who doesn't necessarily need to be involved, and that could be family members. I think as Latina women, especially right when you're so close to one parent or both parents, it's almost like, but they are my immediate community. They're the ones that I relied on, you know, when I was a child, and and now it's reciprocated, and now we're adults, so we can, you know, take take it all in, and just because they're your parents and they've been supportive doesn't necessarily mean that that you need to tell them when you first find out about the chronic illness, the condition or the disorder. Um, I know it didn't take me a long time to tell my mom, but it did. I actually told my dad before I told my mom. And I think maybe because in the heart of hearts, I, I knew what was going to come, right? Like, I knew la mierda que me iba a decir. And yeah. like, I did it for my sanity. Um, I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. And it was me. And I remember telling my, um, I remember telling my therapist about it. And I was like, I feel guilty for not telling her, but I also know the BS that's going to come with me telling her. And I just don't want to deal with it right now. And I feel like that's me doing the best that I can for me mentally and emotionally. Because it's almost like you got to fuel yourself up. Yes. So when you have that conversation, you know you're either going to be one-fourth or empty after that conversation or that experience that you have with, you know, in your in both of our cases is, is our moms. And so, you know, when I finally did tell my mom about my disorder, it was like, estaba cocinando and she just, and she continued to cook. Yeah. And I was like okay um so just dismissive right and i knew that it was going to be dismissive and then i knew it was going to be one of those like oh like not 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 telling me directly but almost being like are you sure you're not being a little over dramatic like i think like i had this and i had that and it was almost her like comparing her experience to when you know she had this and i'm like i think you had this mom like i think you just never got diagnosed but I knew I knew what was going to happen. So I was like, let me wait a few weeks before I even tell her. So to your point, when you were saying, I know who to tell and who not to tell, and I'm not ready for that conversation. 
Um, and for me, like I had to walk through that with my therapist and she was just like, that doesn't make you a bad daughter. That just makes you taking care of you first. And we're not raised to take care of us first. So you are learning and it is uncomfortable because you are not familiar with not telling your parent, like your mother specifically, but you're doing the best that you can for yourself at this moment. And when you're ready, you're ready, you know? And even if, you know, that conversation is going south, tell her like, okay, you know what? Let's save the rest of this conversation for another day. Um, and so I commend you for that because I think that within itself takes work for us to say, I know who I can tell. And if I do tell, you know, my family, I don't have to give them, I'm allowed to give them as much detail or as little detail as I want because I need to protect my mental health and spiritual well-being. Yeah. You know? So, Elsa, are there any resources such as books, websites, or podcasts that you follow that help you learn more about and manage your condition? So... There hasn't been anything that I like religiously follow. Okay. Um, there's a few podcasts that I like listen to about like egg freezing, but it wasn't necessarily about like what I specifically have. Mm -hmm. So if any of the listeners have content, yeah, uh, put that in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> so that way I can go and do some more research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, and, and hopefully our listeners do. And, and obviously I post these on LinkedIn as well. So as well as YouTube. So I'll, I'll ask on LinkedIn and, and hopefully some resources come through. And if they come in my DMs, I'm definitely sharing them and sending them to the community as, as well as yourself. Um, Elsa, I just want to thank you so much for your time and sharing your expertise and resources with the Making Leader Moves community. We really appreciate you getting vulnerable with us, sharing your story, sharing your journey, helping us destigmatize these topics that should be very normalized and yet they still aren't, especially within our community. So thank you. Thank you for being raw, real and open. Um, you're definitely paving the way to make these uncomfortable situations more comfortable when speaking on them. How can our followers keep up with you and see your journey um, through this whole experience? Yeah, so I'm actually rebranding myself because okay. I hired a coach a few months ago. She's amazing. And we're just talking about rebranding. LinkedIn was first. And then I'm rebranding everything else, which means I'm starting from scratch because I'm like, I just, <laughs> but you can find me on LinkedIn, Elsa Miranda. And I mean, I follow you. So. <laughs> will be one of the connections <laughs> yeah absolutely may write this in so people can see it on our banner so everyone you can follow her at linkedin at elsa miranda um elsa again thank you so much for your time thank you so much for your knowledge listeners i hope that you were able to take away some insights and some valuable information from here please know that we are here to support. Please always feel free to reach out. Um, now you also have Elsa as a resource. She is now a resource that we know of when it comes to infertility. So please feel free to reach out to her and or myself. And then again, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please don't forget to leave us a review. Um, cinco estrellitas, por favor. And join our online community on Facebook at Making Neither Moves, as well as on Instagram, same thing, at Making Neither Moves. If you have any questions about the podcast, please feel free to reach us at makingneithermoves at gmail.com. Gracias once again, and I will catch you on the next episodio. Abrazos, besos, y cariño, familia. Bye.